By the time you guys listen to this, the fantasy playoffs will be here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> for some of us. Boo for others. But uh Adam, buddy, how you doing, man? Uh after yesterday's games, uh how are your fantasy teams looking first and foremost? Like we got some runners or uh a little bit iffy? No, nah, I mean honestly I'm I'm okay for the most part. I, I have one dynasty like best ball team, like where I had five quarterbacks, one of which was Herbert, so it's like Yeah, that sucks, but that's why you backfill, you know, like that team would be fine. Yeah. Um, I picked up Joe Flacco. Hey, what do you know? You know, um, but I have a couple teams, Mike, where it's definitely not the greatest. I'll, I'll tell you this though, across my portfolio on my contenders, like I'm more often than not, Mike, it's actually helped me is my strong contenders versus other teams because someone else is the one that has Herbert most more often than not, you know, just numbers wise. One of the other contenders in the league is likely to have Herbert. And if it's not you, guess who's, you know, Closer to the pack now. I think Guy with it, Herbert. I think when I looked around too, right the the Justin Herbert thing, and just so you know, we're we're recording this on Monday, so two Monday night games to go. With the the information that we have now, Adam, it sounds like you're not going to have Justin Herbert for the rest of your fantasy <clears throat> year. What? I mean, well, here's the other thing, Mike. Why would you? It's no. It'd be one thing if you told me the Chargers are in first place in the division, and you Correct. know, like. Hey, Herbert's going to get out there as soon as possible. Th- this season isn't even worth saving, so I, I can't imagine he's playing at all. Not not to mention, he might not even be able to if he was healthy. But if he was able to play in some regard, I can't imagine he's rushing. As of right now, they have a top 10 pick. Um, he's already ruled out for this Thursday game coming up. Not going to happen. That was pretty quick. He was ruled out of the game on Sunday pretty fast, too. Right? Really so fast. Knew it was pretty, pretty serious. Uh, for them to ride with Easton Stick with everything <laughs> kind of on the line, like their playoff hopes got dashed on on Sunday, like it's done for them. So yeah. if it's done for them, yeah, uh, the pertinent move is just, hey, let's make this pick better. <laughs> we're gonna play Easton Stick. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> rest the franchise. Now you're probably resting it for the next coaching staff, uh, the next regime. Unfortunately for the the Staley I mean, fans of the world, <laughs> I would say we hope, and fortunately for the non-Staley fans, because we. <laughs> This team deserves better. Uh, yeah. Herbert deserves better. And, and the other thing too is, I know Quentin Johnson had a couple nice catches and stuff, but like, I th- I would love for them to get positioned high enough in the draft where we go get a guy we can't miss on. Like, can we go get one of these, you know, receiver studs in this class? I mean, you're you're going to be positioned to probably go get everyone that's not named Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, the good news for them, there's a lot of good options. A lot, of, so, a lot of very good options, absolutely. As we've covered on this show, and I'm sure the uh, the people of Campus to Canton listening to the podcast, watching the videos, definitely know. Right? 
the the campus Fair. to Canton people are very well aware of what this class brings, especially at the receiving end, whether it's a tight end or or wide receiver. You got some good options there, so I really like what they have. And then hell, couple that Adam to the free agent market for wide receivers. Uh, this upcoming free agent class of wide receivers is very very good too, top to bottom. So a lot of good options for the Chargers to rebuild this passing game. Um, crazy to think too. Just because of today, Adam, I, I was going to touch on, I went through all my leagues, uh, all the leagues I'm rebuilding, um, just to see who's got Justin Herbert, right? Can I make a little bit of a leverage deal, and we'll get into the uh, today's subject. But I'm looking, and I uh, only found one, Adam, where it made sense. I didn't already roster Justin Herbert while I'm out of the playoffs, or uh, actually had maybe a possible quarterback piece to flip to him. Uh, okay. the, only, the only one league I found, uh, guess who rosters Justin Herbert who's competing? I have an idea. It would be you, sir. I, I, I have a pretty strong <laughs> idea. Which which league? I don't remember, but my quarterback room ain't very good, so I didn't even bother. <laughs> I just knew I was like, yeah, this is probably a non-starter, because uh, if he offered me this bullshit, I'd laugh at him. Right. Get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll sell you Herbert. I'll sell my soul for a chance to win this year, but it's uh, if you're not giving me the latter, why would I sell my soul, you know? The joy of us playing in like thirty leagues together, right? Like there, there's sometimes I just don't even send you deals because I'm like, uh, the, we the, we kind of play the same a lot, and I know this is just disrespectful. The, the fun part about time. that is I was looking through what you were just talking about, and I only have a I only have like two or three contenders that have Herbert, where it's like I need to flip out. So that's the one situation you're rebuilding. But again, we can talk about this in another episode or even a little today. But yeah. when you're nuking a rebuild, like. If I'm going to have no quarterbacks, it's going to be in a nuke rebuild. So sometimes you've already, you know, gutted the fish. It's There's nothing left to send out. Time to go. Yeah, I only had to make uh, one deal. Uh, I do roster Herbert in a contender uh, that's in the playoffs, but unfortunately the trade deadline's passed. So, you know, I'm SOL, right? Got to play the waiver wire and do some <laughs> of the other things that I've talked about in other podcasts about how I mitigate the damage of this happening to me. Uh, yep. If you check out our YouTube channel at all, there'll be a short on there. And uh, my bad, people. A couple weeks ago, I forecasted this exact thing, even use this guy's name. <laughs> so it's my fault. I'll take the blame. But yeah, I ended up uh, ended up trading away Justin Herbert today. Uh, got back Jordan Love, DeAndre Swift, and Christian Watson just for the the stack in the possible playoffs if he's back. Mm-hmm. And it, I also had to tack on uh, three seconds to get it done. But gotta do what you gotta do, right? And I think, you know, <clears throat> the thing about Watson is you, you can hold and hope that he's playing as the stack. And, and I'm imagining in this league there's no deadline. So if there's no trade deadline, you could always end up flipping out a Christian Watson right. for a body if you had to. When if I need to. to. Yep. So that brings us all into today's topic. We're going to discuss leverage versus future casting. And what I mean by that is there's going to be a lot of people in scenarios, right, if you don't have a trade deadline. Um, maybe your trade deadline is going to expire uh, Monday night. Uh, maybe your trade deadline doesn't happen until games kick off on week 15. You got a little bit of time for those, but a lot of the leagues, Adam and I, you'll you'll find we uh, we hate trade de- deadlines in Dynasty, so we don't play with them. <laughs> like we we are in leagues that have trade deadlines. Uh, I don't enjoy it, uh, but I do enjoy non non trade deadlines. So if you're in one of these where you still have the possibility of making move as a rebuilder. There's going to be a lot of deals on the table where contenders are obviously trying to get off Justin Herbert if that was a piece for him, and trying to get your solid, your starting quarterback. Um, 
Justin Herbert carries a lot of dynasty value, and say a guy like Jordan Love carries some dynasty value, just not Justin Herbert level, right? Of course. How much do you value each side, and like when do you say no to no to a deal? Like you know you hold all the cards, right? So, Adam, would you say if you are rostering Justin Herbert, you're the number one seed, and you come to me wanting a quarterback, who holds the leverage in this situation? Like who holds the uh, who holds the uh, the cards per se? Well, I mean, I, I would say frankly, there's there's a fair amount of each, right? Like the truth is, the person that has love, obviously, if you're in a rebuilder, you would love to get out of Jordan Love for Herbert, but there's just as far as true has to happen today right now it's not a move you like if you don't make this move as a rebuilder you can rebuild just fine right yeah. and when you when you break that down i think there is a a fair amount of leverage on both sides because if you have Justin Herbert and you send if you're rebuilding one of the things you'd always want to do is grab a cornerstone piece like a Herbert a Burrow when they're hurt and you can get them at cost value below cost value i should say that that's one of the that's one of the most um that's one of the easiest ways Mike I think to really flip around a rebuild is making that final type of a chess piece move. So I think it's important for that rebuilder but as far as leverage today um they don't have to make that move today. There's a lot of times that they will, but they don't have to make that move today. If you're contending and you don't have Justin Herbert as a quarterback in Superflex leagues and you don't send him away or you don't go buy some other type of a quarterback replacement option you're the person that's probably going to, you know, lose out in the short term. Long term, um, you know, do you both want to have him? But in the short term, I would say the leverage t- tends to fall on the person that has the Herbert share. They don't have as much leverage as the person that has a healthy quarterback and other options to replace Herbert. So here's one of the things, right? You and I have both been on rebuilds where they've just been, I mean, god-awful, right? Like There's a reason they're a rebuilder, okay? You're, you're working your way up. You've done all this work to get yourself liquid, uh, to get into ascending assets, correct? But uh, one of the questions in our Discord came up, and I think this is a great one to talk about. There's a playoff contender, the number one seed, stack team, has Justin Herbert as a quarterback. They go to the team that is in dead last place, that has very few assets that are on their team. But one asset they do that they haven't been able to get rid of is Russell Wilson, who's playing above average this year they want to trade for russell wilson and by doing it they would send their justin herbert but they also want to get two playoff firsts back in 2024 so the rebuilding team would be giving up russ two playoff firsts to get justin herbert adam i would say this on the surface the deal to me like for a lot of people is probably going to look pretty good but if i'm in that rebuilding spot I don't really want to consolidate. Like it kind of goes against my whole, <laughs> my whole, uh, my whole thing about putting too many Your eggs in one basket. Yes, Not like to I don't use a pun again, but yeah, whole stick. I don't want to go against. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, right? Because there's a reason my team is so devoid of talent and assets, and there's a reason I went after those first. And and that is, am I going to be right on every one of those first? No, but this is the most liquid thing. They're not going to go down in dynasty value. They're going to go up in dynasty value, actually, quite a bit between now and the NFL draft. And then the other thing, Adam, like, think about all these draft classes, like these really good ones over the years, right? 2020 was a good one. Where did you get Justin Herbert? (laughs) The back part of the first round. 
Like towards the end. That was a pick ten. So if you say it's like a playoff first, you're going, okay, well, you know, normally it's like this range of player. But every now and then, like, you hit on these guys, these Justin Jeffersons, these Justin Herberts. And these massively change your, your dynasty outlook. So I don't want to be giving up three pieces to get into one, even if it's one as good as Justin Herbert. And I don't, you know, I don't need his points this year. But I feel like I have all the leverage here, and there's no way I'd be sending you Russ and two first for Justin Herbert. What do you think about that one? I would say, uh, Mike, and everyone listening to this, th- this is one of those questions where I think where I'm at in the rebuild is the biggest biggest answer to this frankly for me so if you're in a rebuild that you've kind of just started right you're in, or in the first year even of it let's say and you may see, think the first year of a rebuild i don't want to rebuild more than a season well i got news for you sometimes you have to do that now i'm not saying you have to but there's a there are scenarios where your team is so devoid of talent you have to gut it for more than a season but if you're in the if you're in, in a new part of a rebuild or in the first year of a rebuild especially it's unlikely that you have flipped enough pieces and enough assets to sit flush. When I say flush, like you're sitting with multiple, multiple assets in the first round this year, next year, you flipped out of all these old guys. I mean, one of the reasons I say that, and you can kind of, without cherry picking, you know, you have Russell Wilson on this team, which is an older asset. So if the case is that where you have not done enough flipping, okay, so if you have too late first let's say but you only have a total of three and you've not really flipped and churned through your roster enough this is probably not a move I'm going to make even though it's like securing a cornerstone quarterback right one of these guys at the top five six seven QB whatever you want to call Herbert now conversely if I'm far enough along in the rebuild Mike and I've this is why I talk so much about leverage and leveraging picks Mike, if I'm sitting here and I have six first this year, or let's even say four first this year, and I have three first next year, and I have you know an ex- a bunch of extra seconds lying around, and I've got a, a, some young bodies, and Russ is one of the only older quarterbacks, only older pieces I have left, this is exactly the type of move I want to do. But the biggest problem with that, and the reason I wanted to address the timing, if you make that move too early, you're likely to just completely reset your rebuild again, that you need to do it all over, right? If you do it too early. If you time it correctly, that can be a beautiful move. To your point, you absolutely could end up having some gems that you draft in the late first round. The one thing when we look at 2020 and 2023, at least from the quarterback side, <clears throat> we, we it seems like the community's learned on the running backs. I mean, you look at that 2020 class and there was countless running backs going in the top seven picks. So I wouldn't be as worried in the late part, like, you know, 110, 111, 112 quarterbacks being there. But to your point about Justin Jefferson, this this receiver room is loaded, man. I would not be shocked to see someone in the 109 to 112 range pop off in the top 10 of dynasty ranks in the next year or two. Not, not, not in the slightest. So I don't just want to toss these away. But if I can get rid of Russell Wilson and some older – I'm not saying older. Let me rephrase. Uh, some later picks – that definitely have upside to secure Herbert at the right time, I'll do it. But I think timing is the biggest thing there in a rebuild. And you have to be able to assess, do I have enough depth and have I really rebuilt this thing enough to start to make a move like that? Because when you start making moves like that, you need to be looking at your window closer to contending, right? And and that's 
that's, I guess, a little more nuanced of an answer and uh, the way I view it. But I think that's really the reality of the of that question. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely some rebuilds, and I think you and I probably both have a couple of these laying around too, where you look at it and yes, it may be the 101 or 102 or 103 this year, but you look at the roster and you go, damn, he's got like five wide receivers that are all pretty good. He's got a couple quarterbacks already in place. Uh, he's got some running backs. Maybe it's because you've been buying injured up guys, right? The Mark Andrews of the world, the Kirk yep. Cousins of the world on cheap. Like you've been buying the Jonathan Taylor when the news is, you know, he's probably not playing for the fantasy playoffs. You, you send a, you know, a running back like, I don't know, a Zach Moss, you know, and maybe a, a, a pick or something or another wide receiver and you got JT. You know, like it's perfect. I, I don't really care. <laughs> he's not playing for me, not messing up my rebuild. But my team is ready coming into 2024. And then you got an abundance of draft picks laying around. Like, if you're in that situation, yeah. I think um, I think I wouldn't let the fact that I hold the leverage and somebody needs to get off of Justin Herbert hang up the deal. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I know if we were to get – as soon as we get to the offseason, those values flip completely, right? Russ is a dead asset for most people. Nobody really likes him. Uh, the late first, while they're still nice – and I might be missing out on that lottery ticket, like they might actually be hard, especially at the beginning of the season, for me to fit in a potential lineup for 2024, right? Like they're going to be tough assets for me to push a button to start, and I'm really waiting for them to have a breakout before I can. I think in that scenario, yeah, I'm with you, Adam. Like I don't let the leverage go. But if I'm in a, you know, I just started the rebuild, I'm still holding on to like a Russ a Saquon Barkley, like these assets I want to get off. I just finally got some of my draft picks back. I'm just starting to load up and kind of get leverage on the class by having multiple firsts. You know, if you want a first-round pick in 24, I'm the person you got to come see. I don't think I'm giving it up, man. <laughs> I think I'm sticking hard with that leverage. Now, where would be the cutoff point for you on that? So let's say uh, you send back a counter. Maybe it's just Russ and, you know, what's likely to be the – the 112, the 111. And they say no to that. <laughs> like, no, I need two first. What do you do in that situ- situation? Do you just walk away and let a potential Herbert deal die? Mm. Do you go like, I'm good? Do you reach out to the manager and let him know where your position is? Or, like, how would you approach that, Adam, when you're going, listen, this just isn't a good one for me. I can't let these picks go. I can't just give Russ away for free. You know, I'm not giving Russ in two firsts for Justin Herbert. Good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> you need a quarterback more than I need to give one up. Yeah, I think. Uh, see, see, the reason I, I do agree that the leverage is more on the rebuilder side here, right? They have more leverage in this scenario because of what just took place on Sunday. I mean, flip it to Saturday, and the leverage is not even a discussion. <laughs> you can't get that deal done with Herbert, right? But now that the leverage changing hands a little bit, it, it is leaning that way more. But the reason I wanted to just like this one's such a good one to me is because if you're in a rebuild, if your window's not next year, like Russell Wilson isn't, I don't want to just let Russell Wilson go to your point. I don't want to give him away for free. I don't want to just, you know, be in the business of, Hey, here's our quarterback to help you go win a title that I get nothing back for. However, Mike, if my window's not competing next year, Russell Wilson's a guy that I'm probably like, yeah, this is this is an asset I want to move in the next couple years. And 
it probably is tough to move him, frankly, without quarterback injuries. So you have a you have an opportunity of a window to move him to get a Herbert. That's enticing, right? So that makes the leverage not that the leverage isn't on your side, but that like I'm willing to forego some of that leverage to go get a cornerstone asset in Herbert. Now, if they listen, I, I don't care what my rebuild situation is, Mike. I would send a one twelve, a one ten, a one eleven in Russell Wilson every single time for Herbert, and, and almost regardless of format, unless you're telling me like maybe I don't know ten teams, some some obscure thing. If we're talking twelve team superflex league. I'm doing that every single time. Now, to the point you're asking, <clears throat> we're the difference between us is a first, okay? Late or not, what I'm doing is again. This is where. Mike, one of the things, one of my edges, I feel like, is really assessing and breaking down dynamics of understanding the manager in the league. I'm looking at the league first and foremost. Okay. Like, if if this player, this manager is willing to sell Herbert, who actually, to your you brought it up to your specific team with my specific team. You're like, man, I don't even, I'm not even going to that table. I know Adam well enough. I don't have the cards to get to a Herbert. Mike, I'm assessing that in the league. All right, Mike's not an option. Mike doesn't have a quarterback. Who else in this league is willing to come off of a quarterback of substance? I'm not talking Joe Flacco's and Jake Browning's. I'm talking top 12, top 15 minimum quarterbacks, right? Is there a Jared Goff type out there that he could go get? Do those options exist? The more the answer to that question is yes, if there's three, four managers that have the ability to, to fulfill this person's void at quarterback, I may be a little more aggressive with how my, how I want to get Herbert and assess my team. Essentially, I'm going to say, all right, he has a lot of stores he could shop at. How much do I really want this Herbert? And is there a middle ground we can find? Right? Is Does it exist? I might be a little more aggressive in that. Now, if I look across the league and it's a bunch of McNutteds, they're going to offer you these replaceable level you're hoping and praying for this season but no long-term value all right man i appreciate your time um i understand if you don't want to move but i'll be here if uh if you change your mind you know i I might i might stall the guy out a little bit like let's see let's see how much he really wants this herbert and i think that's where um to your point the leverage stills in your court as the person that has a quarterback and assets to get herbert but I think the reality is the league dynamics really can allow you to either overutilize that leverage or overplay your hand. And then you're sitting there like, well, I really wanted that deal. And I'm not, not that I'm in trouble, but now I have to figure out what I'm going to do with Russ if I'm in a true nuclear rebuild. Right. So I think the league dynamics can play how I'll address that. But man, if you're in a situation where there's not many other teams that have quarterback options in the rebuilding phase, I'm putting the screws to this guy, man. I'm putting the screws to this guy, you know? Sometimes it does backfire a little bit. Like, let, let me get your opinion on it because I sure. know where I'm at with this. I've had to, I've had to deal with this or stomach this for the last couple of weeks, and it's crazy that when you play in 40 leagues, sometimes just like one or two conversations or potential deals you've had with other managers just eat at you for a while. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> nuts. So, Opportunity loss is one of the things that we just it's it kills our brain, right? Last week, I got eliminated from playoff contention, right? Like, I, I pretty much locked up the seven seed. So one of my failed contenders, which I don't I don't feel too bad about this one because I, I won the league last year. I just couldn't repeat this year, right? So I'm playing for free for the next few years anyways. I had Justin Herbert, 
right? There's a manager who secured a playoff berth. They had Joe Burrow. They came to me asking if we could do a swap. And I said, yes, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tax you, <laughs> right? It's got to be the tax. What they really wanted to do was send Joe Burrow for Justin Herbert, and I said the tax would be their playoff first. They countered with my 2025 20, first, which I promptly said, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not taking your late 24 first in Joe Burrow for my Justin Herbert and my 25 first. And <clears throat> as soon as Justin Herbert goes down, I go, shit. I should have done that. <laughs> like, I should have done that because I would have had Joe Burrow. They wouldn't have been anything better. Now their first is, you know, possibly looking like it's going to be the 107 or the 108 because they're going to get bounced in the first round with no quarterback and trade deadline passed. So, so long, so farewell to that one. But one of the biggest pushbacks I had against Adam, and, and let me know what you think about this, I didn't want to give up my 25 first because I am just starting to rebuild and I don't want to have to go pay for my 25, 101, 102, whatever oh, that time. Oh, I comes. misheard you. you. I thought that they were going to give you a 25 first instead of a 24 first. No. You're saying they wanted your 25 first back in order yeah. to get their 24 first. Got they, wanted, they wanted Herbert and my 25 first for Joe Burrow in the their, 24 first. Their Got playoff it. 24 first. Okay. So that that's the crux of the deal, and they wouldn't move any farther on that deal. Okay, and I wasn't budging any farther in the other direction. Can I tell now, you? Okay, go ahead. I was going to tell you hindsight. What I would do. Hindsight, where it is. Yep. Your opinion, Justin Herbert's out for the year. Yep. <laughs> right. It wouldn't have helped either one of us. I could be rocking Joe Burrow and a twenty-four playoff first, mid to late, um, and they could be rocking Justin Herbert and my twenty-five first. This is where, like, leverage versus future casting comes in. Like, what would be your opinion of that? Would I be screwed well, because now I have a 25 first and a rebuilder hanging out, you know, just somewhere out in the, the abyss? Well, so so it's interesting. I think I think that here, uh, Mike, th- this is one of those where, all right, w- the way I look at it and the way I approach this is that before we even address, like, the crux of the deal, if I'm in your shoes and I'm as much as I want to be in the playoffs and I know I'm out at that point, I don't even view this year. Like, listen, you, the way what's going to benefit you is going to benefit you. But the reasons I'm at the table is because I'm already looking at next season. So when I go into next season, while Herbert's healthy, I'm saying to myself, man, I think Burrow and Herbert are in the same freaking tier, man. So for me, I'm just looking to get any type of plus possible. Now, obviously, that's what you're doing. You're saying, let me get a 24 first. The problem is, they in in the deal they were leveraging against you. Like, hey, I think while this is going to benefit you in the short term, I'm still making a leverage play against your team and against you making this in a time manner. Right? That's uncomfortable for you. It kind of puckers you up in a bad place, you know. So I understand why you didn't make the deal. I think there is where, <clears throat> if that's not getting done, Mike. And I, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I immediately go to okay. I still think Burrow and Herbert are in the same tier next season. What if I what if I what if I remove a first on your end? Like take my 25 out of this. Like that's that's a non-starter for me because of the situation I'm in. What do you got in seconds? What do you got in other things? Like what is the different plus I can get to that's not a 24 first? Can I get your 25 first? Can I get a 24 second and 25 second? Can I get to pieces that now all of a sudden 
maybe this person isn't saying like, oh, it's my first round pick. Like some people really overvalue or overdo it there. For me, I would have probably pivoted to other assets, which didn't require me giving up my potential leverage. And now all of a sudden in 25, my 24 season is totally different because I have to be pushing the leverage on competing. I don't want to have this person having my future flexibility in hand. So to me, I would have pivoted to different assets. I don't know if that was something that was real, realistically able to be done or not. That That's what I would have answered the question with. So I think both you and I can probably agree. Herbert and Joe Burrow next year are same tier of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like if we were going to project that out. Yep. I don't know who we'd prefer. I honestly don't know who I'd prefer. It'd probably Joe Burrow. Like it feels. I like think I think if Herbert more. was healthy and played well in the playoffs, we probably would have said Herbert. Right. But now that they're both hurt, I think we're going to end up saying Burrow. Yeah, it's weird. But it's they're weird the same tier, right? It's not. Right. It, it's. I feel good in both of them. I really do. Okay. At what point then? Like thinking about these potential deals, these hypotheticals. Um, right. So <laughs> if we're going to take their first off the table, we take my first off the table. At what point does it make sense to just get a deal done to forego the the leverage part? Like, what's your your break point? So, this is a best ball league. Is a is a third bottom dollar. Not, now rewind back to you know before Justin Herbert got hurt. <laughs> obviously, I think you but, have every right with a hurt. Rewinding the clock before Herbert hurts his finger, you're talking about essentially right <clears throat> in dynasty similar assets one of which is going to play and potentially score elite points per game in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you, have every, you have every right to stop the bleeding and saying, There's an, I'm not doing this unless I'm getting a second type in value. Okay. Now, now, I'm not saying you can't do it for a third if you're just like, man, this manager is so ridiculous, but I really think even this extra third of this extra pick helps me. I, I'm not going to say you can't do it, but for me, I would draw the line at like some sort of a late second in value. Yep. We're getting cornerstone assets apiece, but I'm helping you get to the playoffs with one that's healthy. I, I believe you get some sort of a plus that's meaningful. I think the prudent thing, right? Like, you know what they say, uh, you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. Right? It's like they got all these savings about money. I think getting a third, right? Like it's a win. And most people go, oh, you got a, you got basically a free third. Like you <clears> didn't need Herbert anyways. <laughs> but I also think like the leverage thing, and this is kind of where I just draw the hard mental line for me, Adam, is I'm with you. I think it becomes that a second. Like you give me the second or we don't have a deal. And they're like, you're really going to let this die? Yes, <laughs> absolutely I will. And I can live with myself if I don't get that third. Like I'll be fine. I'll be completely fine and go, all right, I just talked myself into um, Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow now, <laughs> at least for this league. Yeah, like this is where I'm at. Yep. I, you're not giving me, you're not giving me what I want. I control the leverage, and if you don't want to play ball, that's fine. Like you're the one who needs the piece, and I would rather see your team burn in the playoffs <laughs> right? than to uh, to compromise my leverage. So I, I think that's kind of where I draw the line. I don't know if that's weird. Or psychotic, <laughs> however no. you want to do it. But like that's what I would rather watch you die in the playoffs than than to uh, just accept just a third well, to swap Herbert and Burrow. That that that's honestly part of it, though. Think about it this way: it. I think sometimes we can make things that are not very complicated more complicated than they need to be. And I tell this to people that get kind of uh, what do I want to call it either in their feels or they're getting a little out of out of pocket over trade negotiations, right? 
cut, cut out all the emotion, cut out all the excess stuff. Now, by the way, all those things are what makes fantasy football fun. So this is not something to just cut out. This is in just a, when you try to tunnel vision this thing and think about it. If you cut out all that excess, what, what is a trade? Why would you make a trade? Mike, the reason I press accept on a trade is because I, for my team, prefer the other side. If I don't prefer it, I keep my side. The third, while you could say you prefer it, listen, man, thir thirds are very, very, very ancillary pieces of dynasty value. Now, to your point, it's a penny saved, penny earned. Sure, I have five cents extra in my bank account, let's say, 10 cents, whatever you want to call that reality. Yes, I do. But you know what I also have? I have an older quarterback. I do carry the injury risk, and I carry what the community has to say about Joe Burrow. So let's say Herbert was healthy all season, and we go back and we really think about this. Herbert doesn't carry risk right now. Joe Burrow, albeit I'm not very high on the risk, I'm not worried about the risk. Mike, when we go to next season, I'll put him in the same tier, but are you sure the community is going to do the same thing? What if there's a trade out there? What if there's a trade option in the future that Joe Burrow doesn't get you to the table to that Justin Herbert did? You got that yeah. third now? What the hell is that going to do for you? <laughs> it's not getting you to this table. You, Mike, those are big boy deals. Those are big boy assets in that a third is not that to me. you got to give me something that I prefer more than a third in order to make this deal. And I think when you think about things that way too, it's, it's, a, it's a simple way in my opinion, Mike, to really go back and look at the deal from the other person's lens. If you're in their shoes, would you prefer the side they're getting? Would you actually hit accept? And I think sometimes if you just think about it in that rudimentary form, you'll be like, man, you know what? This is either a deal we need to walk away from or I need to change a little bit because hell no, I wouldn't take that side if I was them. Right? Like yeah. that, that, that's the reality of a trade. You're trading because you both prefer to take the other side. And if you don't do that, sometimes that's where people are like, why am I wasting my time? Because they don't prefer it. And if you look at it real, realistically, they're not going to prefer it either. I think too, like another, another aspect to it for me is, uh, you know, at the time I'm looking at it and you, and you said this, you look around your league. I'm one of the only people in a position who's not in the playoffs at this point, who has a, a an asset like that. But here's the other thing from my perspective, Adam, I'm taking stock, not only of that, but I'm looking at all the other contenders, right? You have a Joe Burrow who's out for the year. what do we see immediately? Like I'm talking two weeks ago, we saw potentially Trevor Lawrence was going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> like that almost happened. What, what would happen if uh, the number one seeds Jalen Hurts went down or Josh Allen? Like if I'm going to do a, a one for one deal. Don't, don't speak those things into existence. All right. You already did it with Herbert. I'm sorry. But, but what if, what if that happened? Right? Like if I'm going to do a one for one deal, like I don't think anybody's going to knock me if, uh, you know, the third doesn't become a thing or a second. But if I were to be able to trade my Herbert straight up for uh, a Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, that'd be pretty awesome. That doesn't even take into account, like, there's other guys within that tier or pretty close to it that, you know, potentially with that manager, I might be able to lever leverage a first or a couple seconds or, uh, you know, the, the quarterback and maybe a nice young wide receiver piece, something along those lines back out, you know, a Tua. Right? Like what happened if Tua got concussed and was going to miss a couple of weeks, something like that. This is this is all part of the reason where like the third just doesn't do it for me. I'm okay saying no to the third and keeping my leverage. And I think a lot of people now, if you don't have a trade deadline or you have this kind of option with this uh, Justin Herbert news, I think you need to kind of approach it the same way where 
you don't want to be completely stonewall them, right? But find out what your value actually is, like what your bottom dollar is, and start higher. <laughs> start start higher. You don't have to hit them with the bottom dollar right away. Uh, you might be able to leverage it because you're you're in position right now where you don't have to worry about scoring fantasy points. I'm telling you, it's a different beast than. And this is coming from a guy who who's had to trade back to back weeks now. Like I had to make a, a, a Tre- Trevor Lawrence deadline deal that turned out horrible for, for me <laughs> because I thought he was going to miss the season with that ankle that wasn't actually an ankle, and apparently he's fine. And now I just had to make a Justin Herbert trade. Right. When the playoffs are here and I have a good solid team and like my windows now, I can't afford to be holding on to these zeros. Sure. I know for a fact. Adam, if we were making this deal, I, I go to it and I go to you and you know how much I enjoy winning. If I got a good team and I'm just missing, you know, the quarterback, you're going to be like, Mike, <laughs> oh, I know how much Mike likes winning. I can tax the hell out of him. Now I'm going to try to fight you the best I can, sure. but at some point it's it's kind of like prison, man. You just, you got to give in. <laughs> you just got to give in and, and take it. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I, before you, you know, went there, I was going to say that, uh, we we have see you and I though we have um plenty of time being cellmates and we we know kind of the <laughs> the drawing line where you know all right but each of us will kind of give in right like I, I know where Mike's gonna fight me and where he's not gonna fight me and uh, <laughs> he's gonna wrestle yeah exactly like I I don't have to I, now I go path of least resistance like I, I get what I want without having to have this whole huge giant wrestlemania thing beforehand and we're all both spent we can't talk we're exhausted it's easy now so i think the reality is too you, if you don't have rapport with your league mates that's what's happening and and i i, I want to make sure, sure this point's also said too <clears throat> in a deal like that mike i want you to go back and rewind and think about this though seriously like as much as we kind of went just off the rails there if you go back to in time now okay i think one of the craziest parts about dynasty that people really miss go back to that now now moving forward you can't undo what's been done but right now you guys have a current rapport which held this up and now because of the injury to herbert there's no chance to make amends on that so your foundation in dynasty future deals is going to have a little bit of taste of that in both of your mouths right and i think what people miss is a lot of times the more that you build up a foundation of resistance of, oh man, I got to go deal with this guy again. This guy's crazy. He won my 25 first last time, right? You start doing those things and they're mental blocks. Like I feel, I feel like people miss that we trade with 11 other human beings, unless you have some kind of corruption in your league, it's 11 other human beings. Okay. The reality is Mike, if you go back, let's say you get a deal done on a late second. Let's say you take his late second, 24, 25, I don't know. I'm just, this is a theoretical, but let's, let's say you get that deal done. Do you know what happens now? This is one of the most, I think, underappreciated aspects of trading. <clears throat> okay, Mike, now, now you got a deal done. Here's the thing. When Herbert's hurt, he can't be mad at you. That ain't your fault. Mm-hmm. If he got a, if he won a championship with Herbert, He's going to love you. But re- reality is either way, he can't look at you with anguish. And guess what? Next time you go to get a deal done, maybe it's you that has his leverage needed, right? Maybe it's, hey, man, come on now. We 
we've been here before. Ah, yeah, you're right. All right, what do we, what do we got to do to make this happen? And I think sometimes the more you make trades with people, you're building bridges that give you more options and outs in bad situations like this. If, if you do this to, with your league mates where you're constantly pushing and pulling and you end up getting nothing done, you might be looking at 10 other people that are like, listen, I want to watch his ship sink. I don't even care what happens. And right. that is a part of Dynasty that you can't fight. <laughs> Mike, if you're coming to a, a deal with reasonable deals every single time, but 10 other people won't trade with you, you, ha- you have yourself in the waiver wire. That's That's not fun in Dynasty. So I think sometimes when we try to over leverage things with people, this isn't just you. I'm talking, this is like a, a general thing. I've done it plenty myself. I found myself in situations where I can't deal. This is how I'm able to talk about it. It's not, that's not fun in dynasty. And I think there's a, a reality of you don't want to be relying on other people, but you want to have the option to trade with everyone in your league. And you want to have good rapport with trading with everyone in your league as much as possible. Cause you never know when you're going to need them and vice versa. It is one of those things, man. It's so under discussed and, and maybe we'll, uh, Maybe we'll we'll have this episode next week on Kittenbound. We'll talk about uh, a trade report and go in deep because you and I know we we do a lot of leagues. We we trade a lot between ourselves, but we also deal with a lot of the same managers. And you and I both know that there's some people out there where they could come to me with a a reasonable deal. You know what I mean? For for once in their life because they've never ever sent me a reasonable deal to start with. And there's some people out there I just despise and we have such a bad rapport that it even could be pretty reasonable. They could be a great starter and I'm just gonna hit the reject. (laughs) I'm gonna let you burn and die (laughs) before I'll make a deal with you. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) The only way we're gonna make a deal is if it's so damn lopsided in my favor, I'd be stupid to say no to it. Exactly. But outside of that, fair and equitable, I don't play fair and equitable. <laughs> Not with this guy. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Not with you. You know. Hey, well, we, we should do an episode of that. That'd be a pretty good one. But yeah, I thought it was just interesting because we're in this situation and just how much you can actually push your leverage. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably a great last point to don't don't push your leverage too much where you compromise <clears throat> future negotiations because it is dynasty, and hopefully. You'll be playing with these managers for multiple years. You know, yeah. not a lot of these people who just come in and play one year of redraft and then piss <laughs> off. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the reality is too, if you look at a dynasty league, right? You'll prop th- there. There's probably you know over the course of five years, one, two, three teams that maybe get orphaned and refilled, right? Right. But eventually, the whole goal is to get the right co- combination of managers. And until somebody's leaving or telling me they're thinking about leaving. I'm going to treat it the same. I'm going to stay true to the process of I'm trying to build rapport with you. And I think sometimes, Mike, if you do that, you'd be surprised what you might be able to get done, you know? Like, I just got a deal done right now in a league that I'm competing with my big homie here, you know? I got a couple quarterbacks that are dead, and um, no one's given me anything for them all year. And you want to know what the reality is, Mike? I've held all their feet to the fire in a rebuild for three years, so you wonder why. And they don't want to help me win now. They want to see me lose. But I got a guy named No Games, and I send him a couple thirds for Jake Browning because I need some quarterback help. And there you go. You know we got we got to we got to work with the people that will trade with me. So, um, listen, it's it's a, it's a little edge. I, I'd love to do an episode on that next time. That'd be a great one. I think it's a under underappreciated part of Dynasty. But as far as leverage goes, I think it is important to at least acknowledge that if you have, like you said, the Jordan Love types, if you have these guys. You do have some leverage right now, and to try to at least, to your point, find the button, find the range of pushing enough to where you're getting your value back, 
but you're not pissing off somebody in a future deal, right? You're not ruining your rapport later. Right. And I think no games would be in a sneak pre- preview, would be in a special category too, because that guy sometimes, it's he's a wild card. Sometimes you send him a, a deal, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is nice for both of us. <laughs> like, this probably gets done. Rejected. No counter. And then other times he sends you a deal out of nowhere, and I'm like, were you drunk when you sent me this? This is so far in my favor. This is stupid easy. <laughs> he, he, was, yes. he was playing no games when he sent you this offer. <laughs> yeah. But you have no idea what you're going to get. No. It's <laughs> one or the other, typically, you know? that That's like the Uno card, man. That's that, that wild card. Just I pick whatever that. color you want, man. Love that, man. He's, he's yeah. the wild card in Uno. You just do whatever you want, man. Perfect. You can pick any color you want. Yep. You have your pick of the litter. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's gonna do it. Hopefully uh next week I'll try to remember. I'll put it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a note. We will do trade negotiations and building rapport within your league and then kind of just talk about uh why it's so damn important because it is. It's a huge part of Dynasty. The actual personal relationships are a big deal. Right? Yeah. Nobody nobody can build championships without trades. I'm convinced of that. You, you listen. You, you might be able to in a one-off, like first year in the league, right? But it's not a repeatable outcome. No. It's not a repeatable outcome. <laughs> not in Dynasty. You man. might be able to thread not. the needle in one or two leagues here and there, but it's a rare scenario. And over time, to your point, you will not be able to repeat that. Absolutely well, true. Absolutely well, true. Well, think about it too. With uh, we got some great tools that we use at South Army, right? The the League Simulator by Koopa. And think about every time we do one of these auctions or we do one of these snake draft startups, how close the win totals are for everybody. And you're <laughs> oh, like, this man. league has almost no separation whatsoever from top right. to bottom. Right. Somebody's got to separate themselves with trades. That's how it goes down. <laughs> every single time. Otherwise, 100. We're all just playing redraft, and good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, and then you know why would you trade? Because everyone wants the best team right now. Right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. We appreciate everybody tapping in. Reminder, use promo code SOUTHHARMON if you'd like 10% off your first purchase at Campus to Canton. Great tools over there and perfect time of the year to make sure you're using those tools. We're going to have some C2C startups, I imagine, that we're going to be firing up here as soon as the fantasy football playoffs are over. And big congrats to everybody that I play in C2C leagues with who won a college championship. Uh, still not me, Adam. I'm still over. Uh, but one of these years, I will yep. get one. I promise. Well, that's why there's always next year, man. As a Browns fan, there's always next season. You know. There's always next year. And I'm looking forward to this uh, college football playoff, man. Looking forward to it. Your Ohio State Buckeyes, unfortunately, will not be in. <laughs> unfortunately. Thanks unfortunately. for rubbing that in. Hey, it's a, it's a great time of year, though. I'm a Hawkeyes fan. You got it better than I do. Right. <laughs> you so. get to keep being in the game, at least. You're just not much of a shot. No, never. <laughs> when people ask, should we bet the over on this Iowa game, the answer is always no. <laughs> bet the under. <laughs> yeah, zero points. It happens, you know. <laughs> I still hate you, Minnesota. That was a punt return touchdown by Cooper DeGene. You can never convince me otherwise. <laughs> Sorry, Gophers. 11-2 Iowa Hawkeyes. Would you go Mahomes on it? Like, Would you go that far? Would you go up on the... The yeah. podium and and just go crazy, you know. Go to the opposing quarterback and yeah. as you're dapping him up, like worst call I've ever seen. I, yeah, would you go that level? And PJ Fleck is so damn unlikable. Uh, if I was Kirk Ferentz at that time, I probably would have just fought him right there at midfield. No <laughs> lie. Well, that now that would have been a sight to see. I know? despise him so much, <laughs> so much. Damn 
rodents row your damn boat we'll get it out now because next week we're going to talk about how to be friends with people um in dynasty I'll not never, fight everyone <laughs> never be friends with pj ever ever i appreciate everybody we'll see you back here same time same place next week peace peace